you have your Bibles, I want you to take them to Psalm chapter number 37. Psalm chapter number 37. We're going to read the first six verses of this chapter. And I'm going to focus my attention on verse number 5. And I want to speak to you today. Of course, we've been doing the blessings of being a believer. This will finish our series of those. We could go on and on. There's so many blessings about uh, being a believer, but this is the last one that started with a C that I could come up with. So, no, I'm just kidding. I, they, they, there's many blessings that we could look at, uh, but we're just going to conclude with this today, and I hope it's been a help to you and a, an encouragement. There's so much we can thank God for in the position of being His own, of knowing Him, of being a part of the family of God. So much in which we can enjoy about the Christian life. And we're going to look at the blessing today of commitment. The blessing of commitment. Psalm 37, verse number 1. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither uh, as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Here it is. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. We're going to focus in in verse number 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. The blessing of commitment. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love You. I thank You once again for the opportunity to worship You. And as we sung a moment ago, I, I, I love You, Lord. I thank You so much for the opportunity to praise You. We worship Your name. We lift and exalt You this morning. And God, thank you so much for these multitude of blessings that you have showered upon us. And we have read of these blessings in your word. And God, our hearts have been enlarged by what it means to be your child. What it means to be a part of your family. Uh, from everything uh, about the certainty and the, uh, the, the commitment as we look at today. And the, all the things that are so wonderful about being a child of God. And I pray Father, as we look at the committing our way to you, God, I pray that you would give us ears to understand, that you'd speak to our hearts, God, that you'd glorify yourself in our lives. Father, we ask this in Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. I'm a firm believer that a person does not have to be a specifically a graduated theologian to read the Bible to understand the Bible, and to apply the Bible to our lives. That does not excuse us, though, from studying the Bible. I'm not just talking about reading the Bible, but I'm talking about digging into it and studying God's Word. The Bible is a book of words, and therefore words and their meanings are vitally important. The meaning of a word can relate volumes of knowledge concerning what God has said and how it applies to our lives. So it's important to learn 
the meanings of words. That's why I would always encourage you to have a multitude of translations around that can help shed light on, on a meaning of a word. Also, um, also a, uh, uh, not a theosaurus, but it's a word that gives you the definitions of words in their original languages. Those are vitally helpful in understanding God's word. Even a Bible program on your computer can really help in these, in these things, uh, understanding the meanings of words. But in the text before us today, an example of, of, of this kind of thing I'm talking about is found in verse number 5 in that first word. Commit thy way unto the Lord. That word commit there. It's a word... Uh, when I first read it, I thought of the way that I have always used the word commit. I've always used the word commit. In the, let's give an example. Like, I am committed to this task. I, I, I'm going to lay hold of it and I'm not going to let it go. I, I, I will commit all my efforts into something. That's the way I would use the word commit. It, it has a lot to do with Binding my will to the a task by sheer strength and ability. I'm committed. I'm committed to my marriage. I, I'm committed to my children. I, I'm committed to my church. And I'm going to use all my strength. And I'm, I'm all in, as we might say. But this word doesn't exactly mean and suggest my strength, uh, my my will into the meaning of this word. It doesn't mean don't give up. It doesn't mean I'm not going to turn my back. I, I'm committed. I'm not giving up. No, the word does not mean it in that way. It, mean, it doesn't necessarily mean stay with the Lord or be committed to the Lord, or as we might think of it. But it, it means to give your life to the Lord, to commit uh, is a word that doesn't mean to, to hold on to, but it actually means to let go of. To entrust would be a, a great word uh, to define, further define this meaning. He's saying entrust your life to the Lord. Entrust your way to the Lord. It is, it is, it is that we may commit our lives into God's keeping, that we may entrust our lives into the care of the Lord. That's what the psalmist is saying. He's not saying, hold on. He's saying, give your life to the Lord. Place your life in His hands. Now, here in this small verse, I think there are three simple instructions for the child of God to entrust their way in the Lord. Because I found that Entrusting my way to the Lord is one of the greatest blessings of trying to make sense of life in many aspects. And therefore a blessing to the life of a believer. So when we look at these, this verse, I just want to break it down into, into three sections. The first section I want you to see is this. First of all, transfer the pressing load. Transfer the pressing load. He said, commit thy way unto the Lord. Now, the context of this passage is that is in view of the wicked. So when we read this passage of Scripture, and we read it in a context, remember I read verses 1 through 
6, in the early part of that text, he's saying don't be envious of the evildoer. Uh, don't be upset when the wicked prosper uh, and it feels as though that you are burdened down by being righteous, by doing the right thing. You know, oftentimes doing the right thing is the mo- one of the most difficult ways in which you can live your life. The easy way out is oftentimes to do that which is not righteous, which is unrighteous. And so from this vantage point, uh, from this verse's placement in our text, in the context, we notice, first of all, the act of commitment. Like I said moments ago, this word commit here is not a self-willed, uh, I like Dick Vitale, you know, the, the basketball uh, commentator, and he uses make-up, made-up words, and he would, he would describe basketball players as having stick to Have you ever heard him say that? stick to It means you're not going to quit. You're going to stay after. That's what Dick Vitale's trying to say. This basketball player, he doesn't give up. He, he continues to work hard. Well, this word doesn't mean stick to self-will, strong emphasis, but it simply put, it actually means to roll. The word commit here means to roll. And it paints the picture of a man with a heavy burden on his back, and he's standing next to a camel that is knelt down. So you imagine a camel on the ground, his knees folded, you know, his legs under, he's there, and this guy's got a heavy burden on the back. The word commit means to roll that burden off of his back and onto the camel. It's, to, it's the act of, of rolling a burden from one person to another. What a blessing that is in light of, of what we're trying to say here. He's saying, roll your burden onto the Lord. Commit, roll it, entrust it onto the Lord. The blessing of being a believer is that we are encouraged to do that. Now, Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. I love that. He shall hold you up. He Cast your burden on, and it's re, almost repeated word for word in the New Testament. Peter reminds us in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him. What? For he careth for you. Here we are encouraged to take the heavy burden of the affairs of of our life, all the things that we do understand, all the things we don't understand, all the complicated paths, all the difficult choices, and roll them over onto the strong shoulders of our God. It's the act of commitment. When we transfer that pressing load, He is saying, commit it, roll it over onto Him. Notice not only the act of commitment in the word commit, But the area of commitment. He said, commit thy way unto the Lord. What are we to commit? Thy way. Now, the phrase, uh, thy way, has the idea of the well-traveled path. Imagine a footpath of life. A footpath uh, down to a certain area on your property. It's a it's a little path. It's well-worn. It's been, you've been walking down it for a while. That's what this indicates. Uh, commit thy way. It indicates 
our lifestyle, our path. It's not, it's not a specific certain thing. It's all the things along that path of, of life. You see, you don't get to pick and choose what you yield and give to the Lord. We can't say to God, well, you know, I can handle my relationships and my enjoyments of life, so I'll keep them to myself, but I'm going to give the Lord my, my family problems and my job situation. He doesn't give us the opportunity to pick and choose what we can and can't handle. It's the whole thing. It's the, it's the whole path. It's everything along the way of life. That way, the, the way you're walking, the path ahead and behind, roll them over unto the Lord. You see, in the same way, it matters terribly. It matters that we commit our way to the Lord. Here you see, uh, you see here lies much of our problem. In order to roll anything onto the Lord, you got to let go of it. That's what we don't want to do. Believe me, I'm one. These past, I don't know, four or five years, six years, there have been things that I have held on to, toyed with, uh, brooded over. You know what I'm talking about. Those things that, you know... <laughs> Your, you know, our spouse, our spouse oftentimes can act like the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I'll bring up certain, I'll make little snide comments about different things and this and that. And you need to let go of that. You need, you need to quit playing with that. You need to, you need to turn that over. You know, you know what I'm talking about, Angie's shaking her head up and down, up and down. You know, the thing about it is, is that we like to hold on to stuff. We like to brood over it. We like to get upset about it. We, I don't know what it is about mowing my yard, but for some reason, that's my time to just, to just brood over stuff. I don't know if it's being hot and hot and in general in a bad mood because I'm mowing the yard anyway. <laughs> Jackie's like, I hope that's not the case for you, Jackie. You'd be, you'd be upset all the time. But when, I, when, I, when I'm in that yard, I tend to brood over stuff and, and just relive stuff. And boy, I tell you what, I wish I'd have done this. I wish I'd have said this. I... You know what? You know what I'm not doing? Turning it over to him. I'm saying with that, I want to keep it, and I want to brood over it, and I want to get upset about it and be indignant and self-righteous about it. I don't want to hand it to you. That's, it's good. It, it feels good to hand my bills to the Lord. <laughs> it, it feels good to entrust the Lord, you know, certain things about my, my job and, and my financial city. I just, oh God, I just want... Turn this over to you. I want you to you to have your way in it. My church. Oh yeah, I, man. That's easy. Oh God, just have your way in my church and in the ministry that you've entrusted. Oh, I just want. But when it comes to maybe my kids' future, my 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 brow ringing over what my kids are oh, the direct. You know what the direction and and I. Oh man, what you know what's going to happen in the future about my. My kids' education or you know, all those kind of things. I want to hold on to those. But if you're going to commit your way to the Lord, you can't pick and choose. you got to roll it all over. you got to give it all to Him. Here, it's, the, it's that area of commitment. What is the area? All of it. Every bit of it. The all of commitment, we could call it. 
Notice thirdly, we see the aim of commitment. He said, commit thy way unto the Lord. The all-important question now is, to whom am I yielding my life? To whom am I depositing, entrusting my life to? Several years ago, I remember this. Uh, we were at our bank account. It was back in was it First Tennessee Bank. This is years ago. And, and we'd run out of checks. And used to, in time past, all Carrie had to do was call the bank and, and they would just order us some new checks. And uh, we need some more checks. And they'd just, almost, almost over the phone, they would do it and send us some more boxes of checks or whatever. Well, during that time period, from the last time we ordered them to the next time we ordered them, they'd gone through some transition. They'd cut some fat out of the organization and they... They basically said they don't do that no more. That you need to go to this other company uh, and order your checks through them. You know, that's where you get all the painted ones with all the you know, backgrounds, you know, and you can get precious moments checks and things like that. So they, they said you need to go to these people and order your checks from them. And Carrie's like, oh, I'm not giving my information to some company off the, uh, that I just phone up. Uh, I'm not giving my information to some uh, some website, you know, well, this is way back, you know, we didn't, we didn't uh, SSL and security, you know, the little lock on the thing. They didn't have those things back then. We was really upset, scared, you know, to kind of give that kind of sensitive information to entrust in somebody we didn't even know. You know, that's, that's what it comes down to when it comes to entrusting our lives. Who are we entrusting our lives to? It matters terribly into whose hands we place our lives. And who is referenced in this verse? Well, you know, we read it earlier. Commit thy way to the Lord. Don't commit your way to the pastor. Don't commit your way to your wife, your husband. As close as they are, as trustworthy as they are, it's nothing like committing your way to the Lord. Commit your way to Jehovah. Commit your way to the self-existent one, the eternal one, the one who created you, the one who redeemed you. The aim of your commitment is not just generalities. It is not just to the cosmos of whatever. You are entrusting your life into one whose character is plainly displayed in the Word of God, the faithful God who always keeps His promises, who is in every choice and demeanor of life good in his intents and purposes. Trust it to the Lord. You aim your commitment for the Lord. Don't aim it for anything less. Commit your life to the Lord. That's the transfer of this verse, the transfer of the pressing load. Second of all, notice a trust, trust a protective Lord. Verse number five, he said, commit thy way unto the Lord. And then, if he's, as if he's trying to reinforce that, trust also in the Lord. You know, the previous, the previous illustration about the banks and the check a minute ago, it all boiled down to trust. Who do I trust? Who do we trust? Do we trust this strange new company when we had to make a decision about that check that we never heard of? We have every reason to not trust so I don't I don't know them. I, I, you know, I don't I don't I don't know I don't trust I don't trust my children to people I don't know. I don't entrust my finances to organizations that I that I don't know. So it matters who we trust. Trust is the central 
theme of this phrase, trust in the Lord. If you're going to commit your life to the Lord, then you've got to trust the Lord. Notice the word trust in verse number, number five. The word trust here in our text is a word that means to hide in for refuge. To be boldly confident in the safety of the person trusted or the thing trusted. And, and the picture here in this word is that of a rabbit being chased by a predator and the rabbit runs into the rocks for cover and security. The rabbit has completely entrusted itself into those rocks. We too can completely and utterly trust our God. You can trust God. I know it seems like a no-brainer. It seems like it shouldn't have to be uttered in a church, you know, that, that you, you, know, you guys can trust God. But the reality is oftentimes we live our life as if we don't trust God. We don't trust Him. But here, the psalmist says, if you're going to commit your life to Him, then you've got to trust Him. 2 Samuel, we can trust our God. 2 Samuel twenty two thirty one 31 says we can trust Him because His way, His way is perfect. Psalm 31, 19 says that we can trust Him because He is great in goodness. Psalm 32, 10 says we can trust Him because He is abounding in mercy. Psalm, uh, Proverbs 29, 25 says we can trust Him because there's security in Him. Isaiah 26, 3 says we can trust Him because there is peace in Him. Jeremiah 17, 7 can, says we can trust Him because we can hope in Him. This Bible is filled with the characteristics of our God and all of them point to the fact that if we know Him in saving faith, that if we know Him as, uh, as our Lord and Savior of our lives, then we can trust Him. I mean, to be honest with you, if we can't trust Him with my failures or my problems, then how in the world can I trust Him with my ever-living soul? It's going to reside in a heaven or a hell. How can, if I can't trust him with my money situation, if I can't trust him with my kids' future, then how in the world am I trusting him for my eternal security? It doesn't make any sense. If I can, if I can trust him with my never-dying soul, then I should be able to trust him with everything else. Isn't that the point of Romans 8? I'm calling something from memory. But you'll, uh, but you'll, you'll have to, have to uh, show some uh, leniency. But the, the, uh, the Apostle Paul in Romans 8 says, uh, says that if, if God gave His Son, how much more will He give us other things? If He gave us His Son, if He gave us all in Christ, well, will He withhold any good thing from us? The, 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 the line of thought is No. Well, the same is true with trusting Him. If I can trust Him with my never-dying soul, surely I can trust Him with, the, with the, bitter, the bitter problems and the ill treatment that I've received in my life. I can, I can entrust that to Him. I can trust Him. We can trust the Lord because of the words of His resurrected Son that has come to pass. How can I trust the Lord? Brother Ronnie, a lot of people have written old books. There's all kinds of books. The... Uh, there's the, you know, there's the, 
the Quran. There's all kinds of the Abagada. There's some kind of uh, 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 Buddhist book. There's all kinds of Hindu books and sacred scripture. Brother Ronnie, how can I trust this book? I can trust this book because the one who was raised from the dead said I could. And if he said it, I can believe it because God raised him from the dead. It all gets, now listen, if you haven't understood this, it all gets back to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why I can trust this book. That's why I can know I'm on the right path. That's why I know I can trust God with my eternal security because Jesus was raised from the dead. Amen. Not like, not like any other person in all of the history of human history, God's own son was raised from the grave. Therefore, I can believe everything this book has to say. I can trust implicitly this book. But we need to realize that in this verse, we need to trust also in the Lord. A complete trust. And then also a continual trust. Our problem is, is that we're so fickle. We change from one day to the next. We, we entrust to God the reins of our life one week. And then when the winds of adversity blow upon the circumstances of our lives, we try to wrestle those reins back from God and do things our own way. We as believers have the blessing of not only trusting in the Lord initially, but continually. I don't just trust the Lord when I come into saving faith. That's what salvation is. It is a trust in the Lord Jesus and in what He has done on the cross for my sin, raised from the grave to prove He is the Messiah, the one who can save from death, hell, and the grave. I trust Him. That means if I can trust Him, I can trust the God, His Father. His heavenly Father. I can trust His Father to be my Father, adopted Father. And so therefore, I not only can trust there, but I can trust continually. Not only in that first moment of salvation, but I can continually trust in the Lord. Job, the Old Testament character, Job was a man that continually trusted in the Lord, even to the point of death. You know, one of the things about, that's so beloved about the book of Job is it flies in the face of a lot of our understanding when it comes to religion, when it comes to Christianity, that, that only good things will happen and there are no bad things that will ever happen to us. But Job flies in the face of that. Because all of the adversity that he faced, and God was silent. I was reading an article this morning. I can't remember his name. He was a, it was several years ago. It was very highlighted on the news. It was a Christian missionary that was in Iran. I think it was the country of Iran. And uh, our president at the time was able to work out an agreement to have this, this missionary released from prison. He was in Iran. He was a missionary in the in the uh, in the uh, Iran region or in those mountain regions, was taken captive and held for three or four years as a prisoner. But he was finally released during the last presidency. I can't remember. And, and, and one of the things the article said that I read this morning is that during that time he was in prison, he said, as I prayed, the walls were brass. I just didn't, I didn't seem like God was. I had a sense in which God was talking to me, in which God was reassuring me. It was as though the, the heavens were brass. Imagine that's what it was like for Job in many senses of what he was going through in his trials. You know. That's, that's the biggest part of trust, is to trust someone when you don't know. 
when you're not completely sure. That, that really shows our trust. We can trust God in an ongoing life. Not just when I come to faith in Him, but ongoing. Job said it this way. Job 13, 15. Though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him, but I will maintain my own ways before Him. Here we see Job. Though God slay me in the heavens of brass, and I don't understand a thing, here is, the bl- here is the trust in his God. I will trust my God. That's when, our t- that's when our trust, our faith is proven the most. It's when we don't understand. When we can't see the way. That's why he said, commit your way to the Lord. Why? And also trust in him. You'll never commit your way unless you trust in him. Just this past week, I was listening to uh, an, an older message I'd heard Back in 2000, I think, four or five, yeah, 2005, by the president of Fruitland College at the time. It's one of those messages that lodges in your heart and stays in. I was revisiting, listening to it again. He was, he was preaching from Matthew 6, 25 through 33. If you've got your Bible, take you up to Matthew, Matthew 6, verses 5 through 33. And he was talking on... Uh, Helpful words for anxious Christians, something like that. But he was talking about worry. Talking about faith in God. And I tell you what, these words just became so real in my heart. Matthew chapter 6. And look with me at verse number 25. These are the words of the Lord Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. And he's teaching about worry. Listen to what he says. Therefore I say to you, take no thought for your life, what she shall eat and what she ye shall drink, or, nor yet for your body what ye put on it. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? This is what he says. Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet, yet, there, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking a thought, can add a cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They They toil not, neither do they spin. And Yet I say unto you, not even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field which... Today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven. Shall he not much more clothe ye, only ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Greeks seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Listen to me very closely. These words from the Lord Jesus go exactly along with our trust in Him. When He talks about the flowers, when He talks about the fowls of the air, when He talks about the love of a father, your father, your father. If if God is your heavenly father, you don't need to worry. So many times I feel like our worry is we are wrestling things from His reins. 
I know it's hard not to worry. And I know it's hard not to worry. But you need to realize what you're doing is gathering the reins of your life. You're decommitting your life to the Lord. So to put it under your management, your understanding, you're trying to work it out in your mind when in reality, to commit is to trust, is to have faith in our God. I read this poem in preparation to this message. Listen to what it says. Casting, committing all, you're all on the Lord. Trusting, believing in His faithful word. Never more doubting that we are His care. Ever more singing because He is there. Praying and praising whatever betide. Trusting and waiting whatever, whoever may chide. Talking to Him through all... Throughout the day long, waiting with Him on life's changing way. It matters not where. He goes with you there. You're always under His care. Amen. Boy, if we could just latch on to that and hold on to it. 24 hours tomorrow. You know what? Here's the thing about preaching like this. Boy, we'll go out of here. Tw- ah, praise God. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to commit my life to Him. I'm going to trust Him every facet of our life. And you wait by Thursday, by Tuesday, you're going to be worrying about something. You're going to be fretting about something. I'm not, I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about addressing needs that are there. You know, these, these scriptures that we've looked at here in our text doesn't mean that I sit on the couch and twiddle my thumbs and not go to work and not take care of my house and not, take, not be a good steward over what God has given me in my life. And I just, well, God, Lord said he'd give it to me. Honey, the, you know, food's going to hit the table. Even though I'm, he's given me plenty of mind, plenty of ability to do what, what I, 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 I'm, I, I'm able to do, to provide. To do. He's not talking about just sitting there and waiting for to the fall from the skies. But it is talking about entrusting him with things that are outside of my reach. I, that I can't, I can't lay hold of. I, I can't not worrying about the things that are outside of my control. Trust in the Lord. Trust the protective Lord. Transfer the pressing load, last of all. Trace the pass of life. Trace the pass of life. And I say that specifically. Psalm 37, look back at our text. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, listen to this, and He shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring it to pass. You know, when I was a kid, I loved to trace things. I wanted to be, I wanted to be a cartoon. You know, that was my first dream, be a cartoonist. I wanted to be Jim Davis and May Garfield. I, I wanted, but the reality is I'm just not that good at drawing. No, I'm, not, I'm not very good at all. But what I would do is, in try, trying to train myself, is I would take Dad's thin typing paper. You know what I'm talking about? You can almost see through it. And I would lay it over the comics. And then I would, I would try to trace out Garfield, you know, from the comics. I'd try to draw it, man, thinking that it might train me to be a better author. Well, it didn't, didn't work at all. But I would trace things. I, I, would, I would lay a sheet over it and I would trace the lines of what was already drawn out. I think that's what we need to do here in this last passage. He shall bring it to pass. This verse compels us to do the same, to trace over the happenings of a committed life and see if it does not come out in the end for our best good and God's 
glory. I want you to see two things when we look at the tracing of, in this last phrase, and the tracing of the pass of life. Notice, first of all, the word translated, he shall bring it to pass. It has several meanings, and it mainly, but it mainly means, uh, it mainly indicates activity. God will be at work. God will be actively endeavoring to accomplish that in which His infinite wisdom has purposed for our life. He will have His way in His activity. So often when I've turned things over to the Lord, I have seen His activity firsthand. We must never, ever forget that God is at work in our lives, in the lives of His people. When I trust Him, what I'm doing is giving Him full sway to work out His purposes in our life, in my life. When it comes to the activity of God in our lives, it is not always plain as day what God is doing. I mean, I've been there. I have sat down in my chair after discovering, you know, the most confusing news, the most mind-boggling incidents in my life, and, and all of a sudden, God, what, are, what could you possibly be doing? And this gets back to the word commit, entrust. In trust, deposit. When we commit our way to the Lord, we can be sure that even though we don't understand the twists and turns of our, our way, God does. I mean, you do that with an investor, I think. You, you, know, you, you, you chip in, you, you give your little bit of money into that investment fund and, and uh, you don't know how your investment manager does it but he puts it here and he puts it there and he monitors it and, and even though it starts to tank and you get scared, he's like, no, no, trust me, trust me. You're in it for the long haul and, and you need to wait. Let, let it stay. Let it stay there. You don't know how he does all that, but you do know this, that he has your best intentions in mind. What is best for you in, in mind? He can be trusted with your assets. Well, the same is true with our God. He can, we can trust Him to bring His purposes to pass in our life. And, and that brings me not only to God's activity in our life, but also God's accomplishment in our life. That phrase, bring it to pass. The phrase carries the idea of an activity done to finality. There are many circumstances at which we can look, all look and say, I, I would not have done it that way. I'm sure all of us would have agreed. But the blessing of being a believer, committing our way to the Lord, is that we can look at our life and say, God did it His way, not my way. God did it His way. Look back with me at that tiny word, it. Verse number five, he shall bring it to pass. What is the it he's referring to? Well, it goes back to the phrase, the way. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, 
and he shall bring it. It's pointing back to the way, our path of life. When we put this together, we realize that when we commit our way to the Lord, it ceases to be our way and becomes his way. And isn't that what we want? As followers of God, we, as, as believers in the Lord Jesus, don't we find it, we want the infinitely wise God of heaven to have his way in our lives, his path in our lives worked out for his glory. We want God's ways and purposes worked out in our lifetime. His will to be accomplished. Isn't that what we want? The only way we're going to have that is if we deposit our life into His hands for His making, for His molding and shaping. No matter what twists and turns of life it may take. You know, to wrap up these thoughts, while preaching on this same passage Charles Haddon Spurgeon summed up this verse perfectly when he said this, Our destiny shall be joyfully accomplished if we confidently entrust all to our Lord. Did you hear that? Our destiny shall be joyfully accomplished if we confidently entrust all to our Lord. Then he quoted the beautiful hymn by Horatius Bonar. Horatius Bonar, great author. But he wrote this hymn, and listen to these words. Thy way, not mine, O Lord, however dark it be, lead me by thine own hand, choose out the path for me. Smooth let it be, or rough, it will be still the best. Winding or straight, it leads right onward to thy rest. I dare not choose my lot, I would not if I might. Choose thou for me, my God, so shall I walk aright. Take thou my cup, and it with joy or sorrow fill, as best to thee may seem. Choose thou my good or ill. Listen to this last verse. Not mine, not mine the choice, in things or great or small. Be thou my God, my strength, my wisdom, and my all. Commit your way to the Lord. As a child of God, your blessing is that you can put it in God's hands. And you can trust Him with it. Even when we don't understand it, we can trust Him with it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's all stand. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you. For this passage of Scripture, the blessing of knowing that I can trust you. That I can, I can take all of my cares, my bitternesses, everything and put it in your hands. Help me to do so, Father. Oftentimes it's so hard. We have that idol within us that thinks we can control the days ahead, our life ahead. God, I pray that you'd rip that idol from us. and Help us to take our life and deposit it into your care. We've done that with our souls. We've done that with our hearts and lives and we've, in the fact that we've trusted the Lord Jesus as our Savior. God, help us extend that to every region of our lives. 
invade every corner of our hearts and lives. Our job, our family, our marriage, every situation, our friendships. Invade every portion of that with your tender care and guidance. God, help us to trust you. Commit our way. Deposit it into your hands. Father, we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen.